Come out, come out, wherever you are. Come on out, youth chasers. I know you're getting excited. You're starting to get that rookie fever, aren't you, youth chasers? Oh, yes, you are. You want those rookies. Yes, you do. You want picks in your rookie draft. You thought you were fine without the picks, but now you just can't help yourself. You want those rookie picks. I know you do. I know you do. All right, that's enough of that accent. Hearing people talk themselves into Kareem Hunt. That's what's next. Gotta get Kareem Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Great landing spot in Kansas City. <laughs> right? I mean, what? Kansas City ran 413 run plays last year. That was number 16 in the league. So they don't have great run volume. They don't have a great run blocking offensive line. 94.1 run blocking efficiency score on playerprofiler.com. That was 21st in the NFL. And they do not have a prolific offense that visits the red zone frequently. So not a lot of goal line carries. Their primary back last year, Spencer Ware, only carried the ball inside the red zone 27 times, less than twice per game. Why the fuck are you excited about a running back going to Kansas City? Explain this to me. How and why is this a good thing? Oh, I know. That's right. I know. Andy Reid is the coach. Yes, it's coach worship season, isn't it? Yes. Every year, I think the coach worshipers are dead. I think they're dead. We bury them. We put them in coffins. We dig holes in the ground. These individuals in the community that are infected with this coach worship virus where they're chasing players because they're tethered to Chip Kelly. Justin Forsett was a second round pick two years ago because Mark Trestman. What are you people doing? The coach does not control the outcome of the play. They are administrative assistants. All running plays out of the same West Coast handbook. The end. Kyle Shanahan does not have some proprietary knowledge about run game schemes that the other coaches in the NFL lack. Andy Reid doesn't have a special running back coaching skill. Andy Reid simply coached Brian Westbrook, then LaShawn McCoy, then Jamal Charles. <laughs> when those are the running backs you've coached throughout your career, you're going to have good run games. This is the great correlation trap that the coach worshipers fall into every year. Yes, of course, Kyle Shanahan's going to have a great offense when the quarterback's Matt Ryan, the wide receiver's Julio Jones, and the running backs are Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. You think that offense is going to score a lot of points? Time to get everybody on the 49ers. <laughs> like, what? Chasing the coach straight down the drain. Yes, I've seen it. Every year we see it. And every year we see the massive failure of the coach-centric analysis. I mean, Chip Kelly's not in the league anymore. Mark Tressman's not in the league anymore. And those were just the latest en vogue coaches. Now we have Adam Gase. <laughs> what has he ever done except coach Peyton Manning, Kyle Shanahan, and Andy Reid? Andy Reid's back! He's back! We didn't hear about the prolific offense of Andy Reid but now, for some reason, that's a narrative. I don't know 
when and where that started. That somehow started when Kareem Hunt went to Kansas City, as if that's exciting. Kareem Hunt's not exciting. We liked Kareem Hunt coming out of Toledo. 6.8 yards per carry, super efficient. Was a great receiver. 10.4% college target share at Toledo. Posted over 40 receptions. So he looked like an electric satellite back, but he wasn't overly productive at Toledo, only a 28.7% dominator rating, 58th percentile. Then he goes to the combine, and he posts an 11.75 agility score. It's 12th percentile. He's not strong. He's not fast. He has a little bit of burst. He looks a lot like Sharkhandrick West. It's a slight upgrade over Sharkhandrick West as the Kansas City Chiefs change of pace back. And I'm seeing Kareem Hunt drafted in the first and second rounds of Dynasty Rookie Drafts consistently. And I have no idea why. We have nine running backs ranked ahead of Kareem Hunt. And that's being generous. Check out our rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings. We have Kareem Hunt ranked just ahead of Joe Williams. Joe Williams is the other running back with the coach-infused hype. Yes. Kyle Shanahan was pounding the table, in quotes, pounding the table for Joe Williams in the draft room. Since when does anyone care what happens in the San Francisco 49ers draft room? Oh no, once Kyle Shanahan arrived, the superhero Kyle Shanahan with his cape, I once coached Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, and Tevin Coleman all at the same time, and we put up some prolific numbers because of course we did. Give me credit for that, not the players on the field that actually were responsible for the performance. No, 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 I was holding a clipboard, helping to administer the offense from the sideline. Give me the credit for those performances, yes. Without me, Julio Jones would be nothing. Without me, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman would be merely average running backs. I am here, I am Kyle Shanahan, I will save this franchise, and I want Joe Williams. And if I like Joe Williams, well, fantasy gamers, you should like Joe Williams too. Except Joe Williams is like Kareem Hunt, he's just not exciting. His best comparable player is Jeremy Langford, and none of you like Jeremy Langford. I'm the only person in this entire fantasy football community who likes Jeremy Langford. But you love Joe Williams, another running back with a subpar agility score. This is the thing we've been holding against Dalvin Cook for good reason, but with Joe Williams, eh, we won't pay attention to that. Oh, Kareem Hunt, eh, never mind. At least Kareem Hunt catches passes. That's why Kareem Hunt is ranked ahead of Joe Williams. Kareem Hunt has some upside as the satellite back for the Kansas City Chiefs if their offense becomes more prolific, ideally, with Patrick Mahomes under center. With Alex Smith, I have no interest in Kareem Hunt. And with Brian Hoyer, C.J. Beathard, Matt Barkley, why would I have any interest in backup running back Joe Williams from Utah, who will be 24 when the season starts because he took a year off in college because he wasn't sure he wanted to play football. He retired from the sport for a year and came back. Of all the players drafted in the 2017 draft, you could argue that Joe Williams has the least passion for the sport of all the players drafted. And that's the player you're getting excited about because Kyle Shanahan, he's a great coach. Why? Because he went to the Super Bowl last year and there have been hundreds of mainstream sports media articles written about the genius of Kyle Shanahan. So it must be true, except it isn't. We had Rich Rebar on the show. And Rich Rebar, who most of you hold in the highest esteem, agreed with me that coach-centric analysis is backwards. When you reverse engineer 
a case for a player based first and foremost on his offensive coordinator or his head coach, you are doing it wrong because correlation does not equal causation. Just because a coach happened to be the leader of teams with great skill position players does not mean that that coach was responsible for the performances of those skill position players. No one thinks Mike McCarthy is the reason why Aaron Rodgers is great. But for some reason, you think Kyle Shanahan was the reason why Matt Ryan was great. And that doesn't make sense. Do you realize how stupid that notion is? Yet the majority of fantasy footballers believe that that is true. Every year, we come on throughout the offseason and explain why coach worship is an exceptionally flawed place to start your football analysis. And even if we put aside the correlation trap that the coach worshipers inevitably fall into every time, even we put that aside and say, you know what? It wasn't that Norv Turner coached Emmett Smith and Ladanian Tomlinson. No, 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 no. No, Norv Turner is a running back whisperer. Norv Turner was the reason. It wasn't Ladanian Tomlinson and Adrian Peterson and Emmett Smith. It wasn't their talent or their offensive lines. It was Norv Turner. Even if I grant you that ridiculous assertion, Kyle Shanahan's run games haven't even been good. And Rich Rebar and I laughed out loud about that. We could have a conversation about correlation not equaling causation if Kyle Shanahan's run games had even been above average historically, which they have not been. It's just stunning to me how the sausage is made on the Joe Williams and Kareem Hunt dynasty rookie draft ADPs. Because Joe Williams doesn't catch passes. So I do not understand the fascination with Joe Williams. How could you possibly justify ranking Joe Williams higher than Carlos Hyde in Dynasty? Like, what are you thinking? On our Dynasty rankings, we have Carlos Hyde in the top 20. Because, of course, he's Carlos Hyde. He's a proper bell cow back who has very little competition for touches heading into 2017, and he's not even 26 years old. He's in his prime. So, of course, Carlos Hyde is a top 20 dynasty running back. I mean, you all loved Carlos Hyde last year. All I could read on Twitter was Carlos Hyde yards after contact stats. Carlos Hyde, one of the best between-the-tackles pounders in the league. No one breaks tackles at the rate that Carlos Hyde does. He's an elite running back. Read that over and over and over and over again. And Spencer Ware, he's the next Carlos Hyde. How many tweets and articles did you read last year celebrating Spencer Ware's ascendance over and over and over and over again? But now a couple replacement level backs are drafted in the middle rounds by those running backs respective teams and we're ready to move on from Carlos Hyde we're ready to move on from Spencer Ware I just showed up at the Spencer Ware party I'm still at the liquor store I haven't even arrived at the Carlos Hyde party yet and you people are already shutting it down because you're always ready to move on to the next rookie who's proved nothing all he has going for him is one workout metric and a coach you can name. Like, that's it. A name brand coach and a workout metric. We know Joe Williams is fast, and he has Kyle Shanahan. Kareem Hunt has burst, and he has Andy Reid. That's enough for me. Bye, Spencer Ware. Bye, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? This is a schizophrenic way to run a fantasy team. That's why people love our rankings, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings, because they're not schizophrenic. They're consistent. 
the players move up and down the rankings in a rational fashion. You do not see a Joe Williams suddenly jump the line and become a top 20 dynasty running back and you have to keep scrolling and scrolling trying to look for Carlos Hyde. What happened to Carlos Hyde? Oh, Joe Williams. <laughs> what? I'm suddenly drafting Carlos Hyde in all these leagues thinking, the fuck is wrong with these people? These are the people that were doubting him. I'm drafting him because they like him and they're drafting Joe Williams instead. And it makes me want to stab myself in the eye with a dildo. It's just so exasperating. But this is why fantasy football isn't hard. We talk about this all the time. Fantasy football, it's just not hard. It's not hard because of the competition. Your opponents are chasing youth and coaches with irrational, reckless abandon. So you just get to sit back in your rookie drafts and cherry pick the best players in the best situations. <laughs> Because we don't care about the fucking coach. There's nothing special about Kyle Shanahan. There are no secret plays in his playbook. He does not have any magical dust that he can sprinkle on the shoulder pads of the offensive linemen to make them block better. Just think it through. It's all I ask. Just use your brain. Just sit down and conduct a rational thought experiment about this idea of drafting a particular player because the coach has brand recognition. And then go back through time to all the coaches of the past that had the brand recognition that were the reason why you were chasing a player. And then you watched all those players underperform expectations because you were propping them up for the wrong reasons that had nothing to do with either their own skill set, which is the most important thing, or their supporting cast, which is the other important thing. You were focusing more on the coach, the irrelevant thing. So this is how somehow, some way, I joined Team Carlos Hyde, which if you'd listened to the show last year, you would know that'd be a total upset. That's a hundred to one upset. Me waving the flag for Carlos Hyde simply because he's not Joe fucking Williams. <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's it's just it just illustrates right there. That's why fantasy football is easy to win. That's why. In all these dynasty leagues, I'm drafting in slot 9, 10, 11, 12. Why? Because right there. Because Joe Williams. That's why. And if your name is Williams, you're probably overrated in this rookie class. If Joe Williams, you have Jamal Williams, both grossly overrated right now. And you have Mike Williams. Mike Williams is the most overrated of all. But the thing with Mike Williams is the NFL scouting industrial complex also overrated him. It's not just a fantasy football problem with Mike Williams. It's a problem across football. Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com, type in Roto Underworld Radio, check out our highlights. Add the name Mike Williams to your search and you'll read some pretty angry online comments by Mike Williams fans. Attached to my Mike Williams highlight videos where we explain why he's so overrated. Why Mike Williams being drafted by the Chargers was the worst draft day selection since the Miami Dolphins selected Deion Jordan. Because first and foremost, Mike Williams was an overrated prospect. He does not look like a first round wide receiver. Doesn't have first round wide receiver workout metrics. Does not have first round wide receiver production at the college level on a relative basis. When you look at things like dominator rating, 27%, 41st percentile. He has a slightly above average breakout age and yards per reception at the college level. That's all he has going for him other than size. Do you remember the other player who had those things going for him exactly? Laquan. 
Laquan Treadwell. That's why on our dynasty rankings, we have Tyrell Williams well ahead of Mike Williams because Tyrell Williams had demonstrated NFL level productivity in 2016. Like we know Tyrell Williams can play at a high level. Like that's a fact. We have the numbers. Tyrell Williams is also big. He's 6'3". Mike Williams is 6'4". But Tyrell Williams has a much bigger catch radius. 1040, 98th percentile catch radius because Tyrell Williams is significantly faster, has much more burst. 130.7 burst score, 89th percentile for Tyrell Williams. Mike Williams burst score, 115.8, 24th percentile. Eesh. And Tyrell Williams has longer arms. So that's why his catch radius dwarfs Mike Williams' catch radius. Yet, the reason why you draft Mike Williams, if you're the Chargers, is because the Chargers needed an outside receiver with a great catch radius. Oh, well, except Jed Tyrell Williams, one of the best catch radius wide receivers in the entire league. <laughs> it's just silliness. But that's the analysis that you hear from football analysts that don't have access to playerprofiler.com. That's why playerprofiler.com exists to help eliminate the inaccurate analysis from football. That's all we're trying to do at Player Profiler, just improve the analysis. So a football expert, quote unquote, who doesn't understand what a good catch radius is, can go to playerprofiler.com and see for himself, oh wow, okay, so Tyrell Williams was more productive in college, much more athletic, and he broke out at a similar age to Mike Williams. There's nothing on the Mike Williams profile that Tyrell Williams does not do, but there are numerous traits, positive traits, on the Tyrell Williams profile that Mike Williams does not possess, except draft capital. Well, that's right. The draft capital. Well, Tyrell Williams went undrafted. Well, Tyrell Williams went undrafted because he went to Western Oregon and he tore his labrum at Western Oregon. So he wasn't as productive at Western Oregon in his final year as he should have been if he were healthy. And the NFL does a notoriously poor job scouting and then appreciating the small school players, particularly the small school wide receivers, for reasons I don't understand. You'll get a Corey Davis, you'll get a Brashad Perriman once every few years. A non-Power 5 conference wide receiver go in the first round, but it is very rare. NFL teams are hugely biased. One of the biases is exposure bias. You see Mike Williams catch a touchdown pass in the national championship game. That's palpable. That's how his draft stock rises to an irrational place. So we can explain why Mike Williams was overdrafted and his draft capital became a helium balloon. And if you want to simply ignore on-field NFL production, athleticism, college production, and just draft players on your dynasty team based on draft capital, then, then we don't need any resources across football media. We need nothing. We just need a list of players sorted by draft pick, and that's all you need. You're done. There's no further analysis needed because the only argument for Mike Williams over Tyrell Williams is draft slot. Like that is it. And you're putting your faith in the NFL scouting industrial complex. And not only that, you're putting your faith in one team. All it takes is one team to be exceptionally poor at evaluating player talent to get a Mike Williams drafted in the first round. It's all it takes. It's just one team to make a catastrophic mistake. And then you are compounding that catastrophic mistake by drafting Mike Williams over more talented players in your rookie draft and ranking Mike Williams ahead of Tyrell Williams in your dynasty rankings incorrectly. And I'll even let you throw out the workout metrics. Throw the workout metrics to the side. 
Tyrell Williams demonstrated on-field production and efficiency last year. Over 1,000 receiving yards, top 10 in the NFL in yards after the catch, positive production premium, positive target premium, 8.9 yards per target, number 21 in the NFL. So he was efficient. And then when he was asked to convert catches in contested situations, the reason why they drafted Mike Williams, recall? Well, you see, the thing is, Tyrell Williams contested catch conversion rate, 80%. Top 12 in the NFL. So he is translating his athletic gifts into on-field production and efficiency. He's using the catch radius that he demonstrated with his speed, his burst score, and his agility score, and catching contested targets at an 80% rate. (laughs) This is all we would ever ask for from Mike Williams. So already, Tyrell Williams demonstrated on the NFL football field in 2016 that he is the best-case scenario outcome for Mike Williams. So in what world could you rank Mike Williams? A complete unknown at the NFL level. We do not know what he is yet. How could you rank him ahead of Tyrell Williams? It's just asinine. It's just as asinine as ranking Joe Williams ahead of Carlos Hyde because Mike Shanahan pounded the table for Joe Williams. The reasoning is equally absurd in both cases. Ridiculous. But this is where we're at in fantasy football analysis. You retrofit your analysis to the draft slot, and you retrofit your analysis to the coach. Backward logic prevails in fantasy football.